0: So if you're just now joining us online, we want to welcome you to Bethany United Methodist Church, where we're leading people to experience God's love, know Jesus Christ, and grow in His image. We're glad you're choosing to worship with us this morning, and as we welcome Reverend Don McAvoy to be with us, I also want to say a personal word of thanks to Jameson McAvity, who has led our choir for these months. Yay. And, uh, and you know we're here on this morning, and as Thomas said at the beginning of the service uh, not not only is this the two hundred forty fifth two hundred forty fifth anniversary of the nation, it is the forty fifth anniversary of Bethany or a birthday of Bethany celebration Uh, and they began uh, 45 years ago and it kind of snuck up on us this year in the midst of everything Uh, but hopefully you got cupcakes and uh, if you didn't and you really like want to sneak out right now and go see if there's one out there I I won't I won't hold it against you Uh, so uh, feel free to do that uh, this morning Uh, and just uh, I I know over the past couple years it has been uh, very much in the news all the things that uh, we struggle with in our country and some of the things we struggle with in our church uh, but I, I, I'm always reminded when I travel and I, I've traveled a fair amount in the last 10-15 years overseas and I always know when I, when I come back in I'm always really glad that this is where I'm coming back to uh, so I, I, I really want to invite you on, on this day to, to just celebrate and be thankful for all of the good things that we are blessed with and for those that have gone before us to, uh, to make sure that those are here for us, those blessings are provided for us. So let's not allow all the, the rough news we've had lately to, uh, to uh, make us forget how richly blessed we are. Uh, we're going to be talking this morning, we're going to continue in this supernatural season, we're going to be talking about the kingdom welcome. Uh, You know, that word, welcome, all of us like to be welcomed someplace, and some of you are of an age, you'll remember there was a a show on uh, a number of years, way big number of years ago, uh, called Cheers, and and you'll remember that, that kind of opening song, which became very well known, and it had these words kind of in the chorus of it, it says, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same, you want to be where... Yeah, y'all know that song, right? Yeah, I mean, that sense of going someplace where people know you, where they love you, where they're glad you're there and they embrace you uh, is a wonderful kind of thing, isn't it? I mean, we we love to be received that way, to be welcomed warmly into a place. So this morning we're going to be talking about what does it mean to to not only to be welcomed in the presence of God, but how do we extend God's welcome uh, to those around us? Let's pray. Almighty God, we come on this day and we are thankful. We are thankful for the gift of this nation. We're thankful for the gift of this faith community. We're thankful for all the blessings that you have poured out upon us and all the richness that we live in and for those who have given so much uh, that we might be blessed in this way. So we come with grateful hearts to be in worship this morning. Uh, Open us up to hear what you want to say to us today. That the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we're spending time uh, this this summer in this Luke 9, uh, working through some of these stories in it. And I'm going to remind you, uh, when Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Uh, You know, you're going to go out there and you are going to rely solely on God and the people you are with to provide for you. Uh, you're, You're really, this is a radical kind of throwing yourself on the provision of God and God's people. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and went from village to village. Proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Whatever town you go to, if people do not welcome you, that word "welcome," uh, you know, it it it's kind of a shortening of a phrase. Uh, you know, it's well that you've come. It's well that you've come. Uh, when you show up, it's not simply that that you know. Okay, well, you know, you're here, but but we you're greeted. You know, people are glad you're there. They're really glad to see you. They know who you are. They're, they're, they're welcome. Oh, it's so great that you came. We're so glad you're here. It's not the kind of thing where you show up and they go, oh gosh, oh yeah, here they are again. You know, I mean, they, they're they glad to see you. They welcome you. They, they you know, they embrace you in love and love and grace when you show up. It's one of the things that really, you know, for most of us, that, that's so important to us. I mean, it's, it's near and dear to our hearts. Uh, when we uh, came here, there used to be a gentleman that greeted us at the early service here, an older gentleman. And, uh, and, and, you know, he would greet people with such warmth and with such joy. People would always say, Oh, it was so wonderful. It was so wonderful when TV greeted us. You know, what I mean, that just, that just made our own morning. And, and there was a woman in the church who, who used to greet my wife every Sunday when she would come uh, at one of the later services. And she would always make it a point to go up and tell her, Oh, you look so wonderful today. I'm so glad you're here. I love you so much. And, and no matter what kind of, you know, we might have had a late night or she might be tired or whatever was going on, you kind of see her, you know, sit up a little, you know, stand, Cindy would stand up a little straighter because, you know, Marianne had loved her up that morning, you know? I mean, it was just, it was just joy, you know? Uh, we like that. I mean, it's, it's well that you've come. We're so glad you're here. Uh, we all love that. We all love to have that. And, and when somebody greets us that way, you know, you can't help but, you know, just love them right back, right? I mean, this is what opens the door for blessing to flow between us. When somebody has, has opened up their life to us to receive us and to do so with joy, I mean, you just want to share a blessing with them because they've shared a blessing with you. And the flip side of that is when, when people don't welcome us, uh, we feel kept at a distance. You know, we standoffish. You know, we're not really sure. Uh, and, and so Jesus tells them, you know, if, if they don't welcome you, you know, you're to uh, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Now, part of that is, you know, kind of a, just a, a symbolic kind of thing. And, and uh, those of you that have been in the Middle East know there's, a little, there's more that goes with that because if you throw your shoe at them, that's another comment altogether. <laughs> no, I'm serious is the thing. Uh, but, but, but in this case, I want you to think a little bit about this whole idea about dust because, you know, where, what, where's the first place you hear about dust in Scripture? Yeah, yeah, back in Genesis and God creates us out of the dust. I mean, the, the dust, the hummus, hummus, it's the stuff we're made out of. It's the material of the earth that we're made out of. It's what we go back to, our physical bodies return to. It's the stuff we're made out of. And, and, and so, you know, when you focus on the dust, you're focusing on the earthly instead of on the heavenly. And so Jesus says, you know, if they won't welcome the kingdom of God, if they won't welcome the kingdom of God into their midst, then, then all they're interested in is the dust of this earth, the stuff of this earth. So when you leave, don't take that with you. Don't, don't take that preoccupation with the stuff of this world with you. Leave it behind so that you can remain focused on the kingdom. There's more to it than what we think. I mean, this is refusing to be drawn down into that kind of place where, you know, it just really is all about whatever it is. It's just insistent that we, we are citizens of the kingdom, and so we have to remain our our sights have to remain on the kingdom we have to remain focused on that and not be drawn down into the dust now this idea of welcoming you know being welcomed is, is really a big deal um been a lot of work done on that over the years. Uh, Tom Rayner with Lifeway Research did a big uh, research uh, program about how churches greet people and everything. And, and one of the pieces that came out of that is most people said the part about church I hate the most is that meet and greet part at the beginning of the service. We just hate doing that. And, and I, uh, why was it? Well, it doesn't feel real. You know when people greet you and you know spontaneously hug on you, oh we're so glad you here, throw their arms open to welcome you. That's wonderful. But you know when 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 I, you know, one of us gets up in front and says, "Okay, y'all all stand up and greet each other." It's kind of like when you're kids and you've been fighting and your parents tell you to kiss and make up, right? You know, I mean, it just it feels forced, it feels artificial, it doesn't feel real. We're uncomfortable with it. We don't like that part of the service. We don't like it. Uh, and, and yet at the same time, uh, our demographics from this area when we went in this area and, and we asked them, you know what are the things you're really looking for in this church uh the thing that that, that they told us is the number one thing is they're looking for a warm and friendly encounter they want to be welcomed they want to be welcomed when cindy and i travel we always go and worship somewhere at, at someone's church. And if we happen to be in a community where I have a colleague that I know, I always like to go to their church because it's, it's just a joy for me to get to go and worship with them. So uh, we did that one year and we went to uh, one of our colleagues' churches and, and went in there. And, and of course, you know, we're visitors, no one knows who we are, and, and we come in and and no one talks to us you know as we come in nobody greets us we had to actually sit in the narthex for a while and wait for the service to finish nobody came over to see who we were or to say anything to us the service started we went in we found our seat Uh, it came to the greet and meet part of the service oh stand up and greet me so everybody stood up and and of course we didn't know anybody because we're visitors and no one talked to us and so I finally said, okay, that's enough of this. So I turned out, I'm Tom DeVinny, I know you're a pastor, blah, blah, and started introducing myself to the people that were sitting around us. Now later on, I get this, this call from him, well, how, how, how do we do today? How was the sermon? How was the music? Blah, blah, blah. How, you know, how did we make you feel and all that? And I said, well, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear or do you want me to tell you the truth? I mean, there's something about that welcome that opens us up to the blessing of God, to receive it and to share it. There's something about that that's wonderful. As you continue in Luke's gospel in this ninth chapter, when the apostles come back, they've been sent on this mission. When they return, they report to Jesus what they've done, and then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a count- town called Bethsaida. Um, you know, when you have done you know been out and you have been in this kind of place where you've been out doing ministry in these kind of powerful ways, sometimes you know you need when you come back, you need some time to process this. Uh, we do this on our mission trips, and when we uh, get done, uh, we'll have a time either uh, at the end of the trip or sometimes even every night during the trip when we'll get together and we'll talk about, you know, what, what has God been doing? You know, what have you seen God doing? What have you been part of uh, today or this week? And, and people need time to kind of talk through that and, and, and deal with it and share that and wrestle with it. And, and they also need some time usually to, to have a little time to, to kind of rest. Because when you've been going all out for a period of time and and all this, you know, you've just constantly been on, uh, sometimes you just need a little time to rest and be renewed. So, so Jesus, his disciples come back, and they're going to withdraw draw, uh, to the town uh, and just have some time to rest and, and renew and, and process everything that's happened and work their way through it. And, and his intention is to be out there by themselves. But, but uh, actually what happens is they, they, they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida, and, but the crowds learned about it and, and followed him. Uh, he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. So they're, they're tired, they're worn out, they've gone out here to be by themselves and had this little time to, to be rest and, and renewed, and, and yet the crowd follows them. Now, you know, when I'm really tired, when I've been doing one of these mission trips or I've been doing something like that, or we've had back-to-back-to-back-to-back funerals, and somebody will say, oh, I want to talk to you, what I really want to say to them is, get away from me, <laughs> you know, I'm done for a while, I, you know, I, I need a break, you know, you just need to back up for a while. What does Jesus do though? He he welcomed them. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God. right? He healed those who needed healing. He brought wholeness to them. Because unlike you and me, God's compassion is boundless. God's welcome doesn't know an end. He was tired, the disciples were tired, but, but nonetheless he threw his arms wide open. Began to talk to them about the kingdom of God. He shared the kingdom of God with them, brought them good news, and brought them healing and wholeness. Because this is what kingdom welcome does. This is what a kingdom welcome does. He did that on a side of a hill in the Holy Land. They were gathered on this, this hill. You can see the Lake uh, Sea of Galilee there in the background. Uh, and, and Scripture tells us there were about 5,000 men. So you, know, you can safely assume that you know, there were women with them and children in the midst of them. So there's this really large crowd of people. And Jesus, out of his tiredness, is nonetheless going to interact with them and bring them the good news of the kingdom and bring them healing and, and wholeness of life. That's how boundless God's compassion and welcome is. Even in that tired place, he can still bless some 20,000 people, 25,000 people who've gathered on this hillside. And in fact, it's not just that he he tells them this and not just that he brings healing, but he's going to do something further. Down at the bottom of this hill, there's a little chapel in a place called Peter's Harbor. And if you look under the altar, this mosaic is in the tile of the floor of that chapel. Because there's one more great work that he's going to do from his tiredness here. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we're in a remote place here. Jesus, we're out in the middle of nowhere. These people are hungry and tired. You need to send them into town to get something to eat and find a place to sleep. And frankly, we're hungry and tired too. And Jesus replied, you give them something to eat and they answered we we have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd about 5,000 men were there but he said to his disciples have them sit down in groups of about 50 each the disciples did so and everyone sat down taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven he gave thanks and broke them Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Now, I want you to hear, they all ate and were satisfied. They didn't just nibble a bit. They all had all they wanted. And and at the end, there was more than there was to start with. Right? Five loaves, two fish becomes 12 basketfuls of leftover. And, and what Luke wants you to understand when he tells you this is there was so much leftover, it was enough to feed all 12 tribes of the people of Israel. Because God's welcome is boundless. It overflows. Now, now in that moment, the disciples have some choices to make. I mean, when Jesus says, oh, well, you give them something to eat, what they could have done is said, I don't think so. Are you out of your mind? There's 20-something thousand people here. we got five loaves and two fish. There's 20,000 people. you got to be crazy, Jesus. We're not, we can't do that. And you know what? If the disciples had done that, God's welcome might have been stymied. This amazing event might not have happened. But what they did was they surrendered to what God wanted to do. Okay, now I'm pretty sure some of them were going, okay, Jesus, yeah, if you say so, we think you're off your rocker, but we're going to go along with you. you know I mean? I'm mean, i sure some of them were, were a little skeptical, but they overcame their doubt, they overcame their skepticism, they overcame their worry, they overcame whatever concern they had that the people were going to get mad at them because they didn't have enough, especially if they'd been Methodist. Um, I said, okay. And because they were willing to give themselves to God in that moment, they got to be part of something amazing. They got to be part of this great work. They got to be part of this miracle. Part of God's welcome that we receive also means that we extend that welcome to people around us even when we're not sure what's going to happen with it. And in doing that, God invites us into this great act of blessing. Kind of reminds me, this story always makes me think about this little passage in James where I have one of you says, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs. What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. And Jesus says, we've talked a lot. Now it's time to do something, guys. And so he invites them into this great act of welcome that he's doing. And it's not just enough to be there. It's not just enough to be passive. He invites them to be part of it. And when they do, something amazing happens. Now, the kingdom welcome is not just about acknowledging. It's not just about words. It's about activity. It's about something that happens not just in the moment, but in all of our lives. It's about this ongoing reality that we live into, where we welcome God's blessing, and where we share God's blessing. Sometimes when we hear that word of welcome, we think it's just about you know being nice to people and so forth. And you may have grown up with this little saying, right? If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. My grandmother used to say that to me a lot when I was a kid which makes me think I was pretty smart-mouthed as a kid. <laughs> and my wife might tell you I still am sometimes, yeah. Uh, but, you know, right, you, and you heard that before. Don't you? There's times I'm thinking, well, I'm just not going to be able to say anything tonight, you know. Uh, you know but, but that's not really, that's not actually the rules for the people of God. So continuing on in that ninth chapter of Luke's gospel, Jesus teaches them, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they, the disciples, did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. So so he's beginning to get them ready here. He's telling them, listen, you've got to get ready for this. You've got to get ready for this, because I'm going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they're going to do bad things. You need to be ready for this. They, they didn't understand what he was talking about and they didn't want to ask about it. And, and in fact, it was precisely the opposite. There, an argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. And Jesus knowing their thoughts. I, I, I want you to pause for a minute here and think about it. it, it I mean, he's sitting here telling them they're, they're going to arrest me and they're going to falsely accuse me and they're going to beat me and they're going to execute me by crucifixion. He's telling them this, getting them ready and their response is, well, I wonder who's going to be the best in the kingdom who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God? I think I'm going to be no uh, I think Peter's going to be that. No, no, it's going to be John. no. They're having this argument, right? And you think, oh my gosh, are, are you guys totally are you just not listening at all? Well they didn't understand, no. And Jesus knows what's going on with them and his response, is to do this, he took a little child and had him stand beside him. And then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it's the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. Don't you understand? This is not about who's gonna be the greatest, but this is about who's going to offer themselves the most to those who who have no standing, to those who have no privilege, to those who can't do anything back for you, to those who can't profit you. The kingdom welcome is to be extended to the least. To the least. Jesus doesn't say, if you can't say anything, don't be nice. Say something nice, don't say anything. We're not called to do that. We're called to offer Christ. We're called to offer the kingdom. It's not about being nice or not being nice. Being nice is preferable. But it's about offering the kingdom. Especially to those who need it the most. I mean, the the kingdom welcome of God is is this sharing of of Christ. That's shared with us and then through us it's shared with the world. It's not supposed to be a one-time thing and you're done. It's supposed to be all of your life. It's supposed to be offered to those who need it the most, to those who are desperate to hear it. It's to be offered even when you're not sure how they're going to receive it. And not everyone will receive it. But this is the call that's placed upon our lives. This is the call that's placed upon our lives. Jesus says, oh wait, I've given you power and authority. You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. So here's here's questions. Do you think of supernatural ministry, these moments of the inbreaking of the kingdom, are they singular moments or is it a movement? It is all of life. And, And how have you experienced that, the inbreaking of the kingdom of God in this life? And how does a surrendered heart, your surrendered heart, open us up to God's supernatural ministry? And what might, who might God have put directly in your life because he is using you to pursue them in a supernatural way? Who is that person or persons? And how might that thought change your perspective about your relationship with them? Let's pray. Mighty God, we give you thanks that you welcome us that you throw your arms wide open, that you say, well, I'm so glad you're here, that you know us by name, you love us, and you welcome us with joy. We ask that that through us that welcome might be extended out into the world to those who, who long for it the most, that we might be willing to surrender to you and to offer ourselves up to you to be part of your kingdom welcome to all the world. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Christ our Lord invites all to his table who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven.
0: Jesus Christ you are forgiven glory Glory to God God. amen again I want to remind you if you do not have elements uh, this morning if you'll raise your hand the ushers will bring them to you and if you're at home uh, you might want to be sure your elements are ready
1: and you can wait till the end of the liturgy before you open and take your elements or if you already did don't it's not a huge deal but the Lord be with you Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right Christ, and Christ. Is right in a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with all your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a a new covenant by water and the spirit when the lord jesus ascended he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and holy spirit
0: on the night in which he gave himself up for us christ took the bread and blessed it and broke it giving it to his disciples saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. And Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and again he gave thanks. And he gave it to his disciples saying, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out in my blood for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me.